In this edition of the TWBC podcast, we interview not one, not two, but three members of the Ross family uh, who compete in international tournaments uh, throughout the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Drew, Neely, and Charlie Ross coming up next. The expressed views of the guests on this podcast are theirs alone and not necessarily endorsed by the host, TWBC, or any associated sponsor. Conversations that are robust yet balanced, on point and to the point. You are listening to The Talk of Tournament Water Skiing. This is the TWBC Podcast. And now, here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all, and welcome to this latest edition of the TWBC Podcast. My name is Tony Lightfoot, and I thank you once again for your continued support. Now, when it came to uh, to conjuring up an idea for a, a podcast episode, I was thinking originally, why not uh, why not interview Charlie Ross? Because I haven't interviewed him before, so Charlie Ross, introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, I'm um, I'm Charlie Ross. Um, All right, yeah, then. And, then I, and then I thought, why not instead of just one Ross? How about two Rosses? Maybe Neely Ross uh, to uh, to join him as well. I'd say hi, hi to the good folks. Hi, everyone, and thanks, Tony. And then I thought, why not the entire family, save for one? Drew Ross, how are you doing, sir? I'm well, Tony, although I'm disappointed I wasn't your first choice. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you'll get over it. I'm sure you'll get over it. So, first of all, uh, congratulations, Charlie Ross, uh, Pan American uh, champion uh, in the U17s. Are uh, pretty pleased with that effort out there? Yeah, thank you, Tony. Yeah, it was. It felt pretty good. Um, you know, it's one that I've been training for for a while now, and it was one that I really, really wanted to win. So it felt good to go out there and do it. And obviously, you're focusing in, in upon the Junior Worlds are coming up in January, right? Yeah, so it'll be at this lake as well. So it felt good to come out, ski here, and ski well. So definitely the training for the next couple of months will be focused on Junior Worlds. And, uh, and a member of this table that has skied the Junior Worlds before, to some degree of success, is, uh, is Neely Ross. So uh, any advice that you can offer to your uh, younger brother going forwards with that? Yeah, I got to ski in a couple Junior Worlds, and honestly, they're the best experience. I miss being able to, to compete in them, so I know he'll do great. Excellent stuff, and uh, let, let's, uh, let's focus in a little bit on Drew, because obviously you're beaming, you're smiling, you're immensely proud of what Ch- Charlie has done out there on the water in the Pan American Championships. Uh, we're conducting this interview here in uh, Lago Los Morris in Santiago uh, de Chile, but... It's it's a bit of a conflict from you uh, from the from from two camps. Obviously, you're the father, and you are also uh, a, a national coach uh, for Canada as well. So uh, you kind of got to got to got to split your priorities a little bit uh, to a certain extent uh, towards your son on one hand and the rest of the team members on the other. I would say. Well, Canada's a close group, and and. It's not the first time where we've relied on on family members who are coaches, and you know, in the good, in this circumstance, it's fortunate. Charlie's a slalom specialist, and so you know, in five of the six events, we haven't got conflict, and in the one that we do, Charlie's super close with uh, his his teammates, and you know, honestly, we want to see each athlete go out and just ski to their full potential, and that's our job is to help them do that. Indeed, indeed. Obviously, you you, co- you coached up your kids uh, tremendously well on the on the, on the slalom course, 
but but one thing I wanted to to talk to you and and you especially Neely is the whole tricking thing because if if I was to pick a trick skiing coach out of anyone in the world I would not I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily pick you Drew if I'm being uh, if I'm being honest but yet Neely is one of the finest trickers on the planet with already one world championship under a belt. Well, I think uh, I'm going to start. Tony, that just shows your poor judgment. <laughs> I'll let Neely take it now. No, um, I started tricking when I was eight years old. I got my first trick ski on my eighth birthday. And yeah, my dad and my mom really dove right in and really helped me achieve all of my goals because tricking was something that I really did fall in love with very quickly. And of course, it was after I was already slaloming for six years. Um, but my dad taught me pretty much everything and even my mom my mom knew absolutely nothing about tricks but she also dove right in she was a ballet dancer so she taught me a lot um in toes she was always super super um hard on me and they taught me to be super disciplined and yeah they were great coaches they still are and i think I, in fairness my passion going back to my roots as a as a kid in skiing was tricks and we lived on a large body of water actually lake ontario and my brother and I tricked for hours and hours. You know, I was six foot four, it, you know, by my mid-teens. And so I wasn't ideally suited to be winning world titles or any titles in tricks. Um, and we had some formidable competition in Canada. We had Matt Reaney and we had Jarrett Llewellyn and Craig Llewellyn and lots of other good names. So, you know, they pushed and I definitely tried hard. I definitely worked hard and I got quite good. Yeah. Um, it was my passion. And so when Neely fell in love with tricks, it, it was really... A blessing for me because I got to really invest my love in you know for the for the, for the sport for, for the discipline with in Neely and like Neely said um, my wife Lee as a dancer just had this incredible sort of magnetic draw to tricks because she's very very detail focused with posture and things and so especially in toes I mean Lee was just like she studied it and really became keen on on perfecting it with yeah Neely. And something a lot of people don't know is your PB was over 8,000 points, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. My PB was 62, oh. <laughs> 62, 40 or 62, okay, well, Uncle Doug's PB was, I think, about that. was that. when flips okay, were 1,000 so, points apiece. So Uncle Doug No, did. no, that's not true either, Tony. And, <laughs> and I did have a flip and a run, but it wasn't pretty anyway. <laughs> And no doubt, uh, Neely's are, uh, are are infinitely better better looking uh, than than yours. And uh, and I'm still and still trying to get this image in my head of you tricking behind a boat on a body of open water under the shadow of the Rogers Tower or or or, any, or, or something like that in uh, in in Toronto, you know. But uh, let's go to Charlie a little bit because we just had this little conversation of tricks. We I've never seen you trick. Have you have you ever harbored that desire to, to trick and uh, and what was going on there? Yeah, so I tricked until I was around 15 years old. Um, actually, my deal with my dad was when I um, when I ran 39, I was able to quit tricks. You know, I, I didn't have the same passion for it as my sister knew. Um, you know, I I was never. I was never that great at it, and I caught a lot of edges. Um, <laughs> Didn't you trick 4.6? Yeah, I tricked 4.6 or 44. Um, 44 or something. Yeah. 44.60 so, maybe. You know, I wasn't a terrible tricker, but I definitely 
definitely wanted, always wanted to spend my time on the water with the slalom ski. So after that glorious weekend at uh, Swiss Pro, you said goodbye to that trick ski once and for all. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel about that, Neely? Because, I mean, you're, you're deeply passionate about tricks, and, uh, you know, do you, do, you, do you feel we could have uh, explored a, a deeper potential there beyond, uh, beyond where he was? Well, Charlie very quickly was, you know, like this tall, lanky kid. Um, I wouldn't say he has the exact body type of a tricker, but he's an incredible slalomer. Um, He really has a great passion for it, and we're going to do everything we can to support that. And you actually, you have put on your trick ski since you quit at Swiss, and it was um, to double trick with me and to record me from the side. Doing video. Doing doing video for me. So Charlie's always supported me. We want to support him. Excellent stuff. And uh, uh, just just continuing on a little bit, uh, moving away from tricks uh, tricks a little bit. We'll return a little bit later on, naturally, <laughs> because uh, we'll we'll take a deep dive with that. But Charlie, I mean, uh, over the last uh, last few months, last few weeks, I mean, you you have been getting into ten point two five meters on a consistent basis. You have a a pending world record with four. You know, I mean. I mean, how do you do it? I mean, how do you how do you stay that that consistent uh, for for a skier of your age being under seventeen? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of lot of training on on the water, and then also a lot of studying off the water. You know, I think that's a tool that a lot of skiers, you know, with with new technology, it's a tool that we can utilize. And um, you know, I'm fortunate to be able to study a lot of great skiers that have come before me and are still here, and yeah, a lot of other principles that I I like to follow. But, and that and that kind of study of Slansky is extends to just a few minutes ago because I mean you rode in the boat and and had a look at the Nate Smith slalom for a few passes in practice, right? Yes, we were. Um, yeah, I rode for Nate, and that's something I always love to do. Um, you know, I, I get to watch a lot of his videos, but riding in the boat's always something special. And you know, we were talking about prior to him skiing, we were talking about the first time that I rode for him slalom, which or rode for a slalom set of his, which was around. 2015-ish and you know over the past year I've gotten to ski with him a little more and so being able to ski, um, ride the boat for him today was it was pretty cool. Did you ever get to see some of this guy's antics on the Pro Tour? Yeah I was able I've gone back and watched a bunch of his videos and then obviously being able to ski with him a bit you know he doesn't ski as much as he used to now but you know. <laughs> Your take on that Drew? Oh I think that's about right um Charlie and Neely got to, I think the last pro event that I skied in was 2008 at Charleston. Charleston, yeah. And it was at night. It was under at the night, lights. the final. And um, Neely, who won that tournament? You did. Yeah. What did was, I run? It was between you and Will Asher. Okay. It was at 41 off. Okay. I remember it. And how many boys did I get? No, I didn't get four, I got three. Three. And how many boys did Will get? Two. Actually, no, know. that's not true. Will got four, know. although he missed his entrance gate. So I did beat Will at that tournament, but Will just about had it. Anyway, I was 38 years old at the time, and I was quite beaten up. And, you know, that's, that's what, 14, 15 years ago now. And so I'm more beaten up, to say the least. But I, I try to ski. I like to ski a bit, but my focus is working with them. No doubt, no doubt, and I mean, uh, I want to go, want to go back to you a little bit because I mean, I I was actually at a number of uh, pro tour stops in the late nineties into the early into the early two thousands, and I saw you skiing a whole bunch of record capability tournaments. So, uh, 
obviously you alluded to the fact that you were beat up but was that the main reason that you decided uh you know i'm 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 done skiing i need to focus on something else i mean i i was 38 i had injury and i where specifically uh the final injury was was an ankle a, a foot and that the tailless bone and I actually okay. had a surgery with a graft from bone from the hip yeah because you had a plantar fasciitis didn't you uh, in uh, for the for the 2009 world championships in in Calgary and you decided not to ski on in that because of that foot injury wasn't that right or, or am more I or less. It? more yeah, or less more or less I think I went on the water but I wasn't capable of really skiing but I had a bone graft from the hip into the left foot and the left foot was the rear foot so I was really lacking in dorsiflexion and it was a problem so so um you know, I needed it. It needed several years to be able to gain mobility, and and you know, it's a bit of a it, the, the the procedure was quite strange. It actually they put a wedge of bone into the Ooh. into the talus. And yeah, that yeah that 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 just hurts just thinking about yeah. it, doesn't it? Yeah. All right then. So so moving so moving forward, obviously your 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 attention turned uh, turned to your kids and uh, Neely Ross uh, first of all, and uh, Charlie Ross uh, second. So far as uh, where where their directions turned towards a tournament water skiing uh was was there was there anything that you that you learned in your in your career and your endeavors in in pro skiing that uh, that you imparted uh, uh, upon uh, upon them going forwards as, as they move as they move forward oh i think lots of things i mean learning to compete is a lifetime and you know I got to see a lot of different skiers ones with lots of success and ones with some success and you know not always the most talented had the most success and you know but there were some common threads and i think i've i think i've had a really good um look at things and been able to you know offer guidance to to neely and charlie as they move along and i think they've been they've been good listeners okay okay i'll i will i'll go towards that uh so so far as uh, being good listeners uh neely any any of his early advice that you uh, that you've taken on board and still utilize to this day for sure i've learned a lot from my dad um my dad's always taught me like i remember when i was little and even at the 2009 world championships i got to forerun that tournament so that was something that was a really cool moment for I me. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. That was something that was really cool for me. Um, and I remember being super nervous right before right before I went out and, and foreran the competition. And he told me, how many more tournaments do you want to do for the rest of your life? And I was thinking, well, hopefully hundreds, thousands maybe. I don't know. Um, he said, okay, that's great. You're going to be nervous for all of them. So you might as well just go out there and roll the dice and see how it goes. And what about you, Charlie? Any, any of his early advice and, or, or even latter advice that uh, he's imparted to you that you've uh, continued to utilize? Yeah, I think it's everything, you know, um, over the past couple of months getting into pro events, I mean, they're nerve wracking. And so the, the sets before have been they're stressful sets and i think over the past few events they've become less and we've learned to deal with them and that's 100 percent due to his the training that we've done and the mental game that he's taught me and you know growing up the foundation that he was able to teach me not to not to develop as many bad habits and just to learn the correct way sort of um you know it was i learned skiing all through him and so Okay, as important as it is to uh, to appreciate and take in the good, 
some are, some lessons can also be uh, learnt from some of the uh, the not so good experiences. Uh, I make reference uh, to you, Charlie. Uh, last year at the World Championships of 2021, uh, things went sideways for you there in that particular tournament. Uh, and we won't we won't delve too much into the performance, more into the aftermath, because I'm sure that you lent upon your father and your sister uh, for for advice going forwards and for continuing support, and maybe learn something from that situation. Yeah, it was just um, you know those are things that you have to remember. You can't take for granted. You have to always, you know, those are high pressure moments, and if you have flaws, they're going to be exposed. So, you know, I overturned a six ball and it ended up costing me so now I've learned to sort of calm that down and funny enough that's not the first time I've done it at a high pressure event I did it at nationals as well but those are hard lessons that you have to learn and we learned them I learned them fairly hard and those were the national championships over at Shalom Park weren't they this season right no in Calgary when I was like 11 when you're in 11 okay so I mean that extended all the way back now any similar situation uh, to to that in your skiing career uh, Neely that uh, I I see a little bit of a head nodding from from Charlie and from uh, from Drew here so obviously uh, this is a a question with a well anticipated answer um well you learn Every, you learn something at every single competition you go to. Um, whether you win or you lose, you're always going to learn something good and something maybe not so good. Um, that's something that Busher, every single competition we ever went to, whether I, I was walking away with a win or a lose or whatever it may be, um, there were always little lessons he would teach me. So, Yeah. If I can comment back on that, um, I got a text from Busher last night saying you learn so much from international events. Yeah. Yeah. And what was your, what's your response to all of that as well? Because uh, I actually want to talk a little bit about Steve Bush because I, made, mm-hmm. I, I, I asked a string of questions uh, both for Matt and for Whitney in the previous webcast about, uh, about how important Busher was, yeah. like, like right down to the room keys, right down to the <laughs> bottle of water and everything. So, Drew, I mean, you've taken on the mantle of being a, te- a team coach uh, for Team Canada. How much did you learn over the years from Steve Bush and, and applied that to what you're doing here and now? I mean, we've had the example of Steve from the very beginning. And, you know, when we got started, and Matt and I started more or less at the same time, it was the early 80s in Canada, and it was following the 79 Worlds at Toronto, uh-huh. at, at Center Island on the Big Lake. and. Steve Bush was a key part of the team then, and he was the recent national team head coach. Um, You know, it was a great world. It was a well-attended event. There were historic performances from all kinds of, you know, new celebrities in water skiing, and um, one of them was Patrice, and the most important was Joel McClintock. Joel won the world overall title there. And, of course, Pat Mesner with the the women's slalom title, yeah? That's right. And and, um, so... You know, having Steve there from the beginning, when I met Steve in the early 80s, he watched me ski a set from shore at Swiss when it was only natural lakes. And just him giving me the time of day literally changed everything for me because I believed at that point I had a shot. And, you know, you get that kind of acknowledgement, it was special. And so, you know, that really motivated, really inspired me as a skier. And then along the way, we've watched Steve's 
you know, what he did to me wasn't unique. I mean, he's had that effect on just so many athletes in our program, all of the athletes in our program, actually. And so, you know, he's really set the bar high. And, and you know, every athlete in our program that hits the water, it's, it's an opportunity. And I really want to teach, you know, I, I feel like I've done a decent job with Neely and Charlie. It's so easy to get caught up in how mad you can be after a bad round or whatever. But every single tournament round is only upside. I mean, who, who you are before the round, you're still, that's still who you are after the round. And the chance to go out there and win a round, that's just an upside. There, there is no downside, there's only upside. And, and seeing, it as, seeing it as opportunity everywhere is, is such a key mindset and it's, it's really valuable. And you were nodding your head in agreement there. I'm sure that you have uh, you have some comments there. We'll start off with you, Neely, uh, about the impact of uh, the profound impact that uh, Steve Bush has had upon, upon your competing at an international level. Yeah, so I just remember being little and wanting wanting to be on Busher's team one day. That's what I thought of it as. Um, I definitely wanted to follow my dad's footsteps, and I, I wanted to compete for Canada, honestly, because I wanted to be on Busher's team. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And then I remember I was 12 years old. It was a week before the World Championships right were going to be held here in Santiago, Chile in 2013. Busher called me and he said, Neely, like, what are you doing next week? Said, well, nothing, Busher. School, cool. practicing. He's like, so you have been training? I said, of course. Of course I've been training. Um, he's like, well, for what? It's like, nothing, but I've been, I've been training. Um, and he's like, okay, uh, Jarrett got hurt. We need you to come compete for us at the World Championships. And that was the coolest moment in my entire life because I was 12 years old. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I got to come down here. I got to compete with Whitney, Brianne, Ryan. These are all Stephen Nevue. Who else am I missing? Um, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. These were people that I really, really looked up to. Um, I got to come ski here. I ended up making the finals and tricks, and that's what really, really motivated me and that was in 2013 right yeah that made me who this like the skier that i am today yeah re- sure. yeah i remember you then in 2013 being this young diminutive uh, figure there uh, <laughs> just uh, just taking that dock start and going through your your tricking passes you know and you you tricked uh, tricked fairly well d- despite all of that pressure and uh, all of that expectation everyone looking around are like saying who's who's this young canadian skier that's come out the blue and I mean uh, that. I mean that was a remarkable moment right here at Lago, uh, you know, Lago Los Morris. But uh, I'm sure that you've had a tale or two with Steve Bush as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there wasn't really a time that I met um, Busher. You know, through my dad's relationship with him, he's always been a part of my life. Um, you know, the most memorable, or the mo- the memory that it, I have most fondly with Busher is when I was in the car and I got a call from him saying that I made the uh, Can-Ams team in Edmonton. And, you know, I was very young, and that was the first team I made. And so that, that was, up at that point, you're training for one team, it almost, for your whole life, it seems, at that point. And so getting that call from him was something. And I was, te- I was texting him that, that last night. Um, it was something that I, I, I will never forget. You know, Bushers had an amazing impact on my life, and some of my greatest memories in skiing and in the sport, he's been, he's been there. Um, I like whether it's been just showing up at the dock and Busher's been there through some of the winter sets and or showing up at a tournament and being able to see Busher there it's 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 been amazing. 
Indeed, indeed. And uh, uh, just moving forward, let's let's try and uh, attack away a little bit from skiing at the moment. Uh, the one one of the uh, one of the fa- facts, or at least one of the memories that I have of you, uh, Drew, is actually uh, you went to Stetson University, didn't you? And uh, I, b- I believe got a legal degree or something like that. Or, or, or am I a little bit off base with that? I have a law degree from Setson, that's right. Okie yeah. dokie. Uh, and you're, you're currently a real estate broker uh, uh, as your current occupation. That's right. So, so what, was that, what was that transition like from, from what your original career path would have, would, have, would have been so far as being an attorney to what it is currently right now for you? Well, I have to say first, I studied at Rollins, and then uh, and I'm delighted then, that Neely's studying at Rollins. Oh, yeah. Um, Rollins has a ski team, and they do very well, and they've got a great group of people, and she's really enjoying it. She's got some close friends, a great ski team coach in Mark Bedsell there, and she's a really lucky girl living in Winter Park. It's close to home, and so that's, that's been special. It was, it, was my place to, it was my place first in the 80s, and now Neely's there. So that, that's I great. think I remember one of those team photos. I mean, there was Helena Shaylander on that team, wasn't there? The Larson twins. Uh, Jennifer Leachman was Russell on. Russell Gay was my roommate Ru- freshman year. Russell Gay was your move. Yeah. I mean, that I mean that was that was just like a star-studded team, wasn't it? All the way back there in the day, there were lots of great skiers, and some were great already, like Helena and Kim and the twins, and. You know, others were on the way, and Russell became great quite quickly. But it was it was a, just a super group of people who supported each other, helped each other, and really worked hard, and really had dreams and aspirations and passion, and, and pushed it. And those are the best environments. And you see it. You see it. You know, most of the athletes here at a big event like this come from you know just everything lining up and and being being with good groups but we had that at Rollins and it's nice to see they seem to have a good group there right now too obviously we're tacking away towards academics and uh, and yes uh, mention was made of you nearly being on the Rollins team uh I, how much time do you have left there so I'm going to graduate next December so next about December, one more year about one more year and how, yeah. how are studies going along uh, uh, so far it's awesome I really really love Rollins it's been honestly a really awesome experience getting to ski at school with mark he has taught me so much he really has so it's been an amazing experience and i don't want it to end okay charlie you're still in high school at the moment as a matter of fact you're going to be leaving here this evening flying home and then almost as soon as you step off that plane you're going to be taking the sats yeah that's true um yeah, so I'm a junior still at Windermere Prep, which is the school that my sister also went also went to. Um, so yeah, I'm taking the SAT on Saturday, and so it's a bit of a stressful time. But um, what's more stressful, slaloming out there or taking the SAT? Oh, definitely slaloming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess slaloming's not as stressful. I mean, I guess the stress has definitely started to decrease. You know, last year I was a lot more stressed when I was stepping or on the dock for. Pan Ams than I was this year, which I guess is a good sign. All right, then. So what list of colleges do you have? Uh... Um, you know, UCF is the main one that I want to go to. You know, it's in-state, so it'll be more affordable. And then it is definitely um, still Central Florida, so it'll be great for skiing. So UCF, it looks like, is, is going to be the one. Any, any more on that list or no? Uh, that's the main one that I'm focusing in on right now. All right, then. That must make you extremely proud there. Or well, uh, yeah. what at least at least staying in the in the state? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think I think they've worked really hard to get to where they are right now in skiing, and I think you know that choice will always be in front of you of whether you keep putting putting the effort in. And I think um, 
you know, I think it's a good choice to continue working as hard as you can at it. And, um, you know, we're pretty fortunate. We, we run a ski academy and run, operate a lake at Isles of Lake Hancock where we live. And so we've got a great training situation. Um, so, you know, both Neely and Charlie studying close by is, is super convenient and it's been, it's been great. Now, Neely Ross is uh, majoring in business management over at Rollins right now. So for a business-minded person such as yourself, uh, Drew, that must make you uh, ex- exceptionally proud that she's taken that, that tack so far as her academics are concerned. Yeah, I mean, I think academics are important for anything you want to do. Um, but, you know, it's just another list of life, le- life lessons. I mean, I think if you want to operate on people or or you know extract teeth you probably ought to have the certificate to do it um other degrees may not be so you know essential um but they're valuable and you know knowledge is good right so go get it knowledge is power as they say but ski hard absolutely absolutely and uh and uh, and i mean how do you how do you feel about that i mean was it important for for you neely to uh, to kind of uh, continue on from uh, uh from s- some of the academic philosophies that uh, that, you, that your dad uh, instilled upon you um yeah for sure i just know that i always want to during these years be skiing as hard as i can because we're only young for so long and i definitely want to take advantage of this time and i don't want to let school get in the way too much <laughs> Okay, so uh, obviously uh, we're in 2022, and uh, social media is absolutely everywhere. I mean, I mean, I mean, I see, I see one site. I see you slaloming out there, Neely. You're you're posting every other day. It would seem either on either on Twitter, or on or on TikTok, or ma- maybe not so much Twitter or Facebook or what have you. But I mean, I see I see all all of these video video clips that are uh, that are attributed to you, either tra- either learning some new tricks or uh, out there on the slalom ski, uh, slicing and dicing it out there. So uh, so how? How how important uh, to to both of you, and I'll start with you, Charlie. Has uh, how important is your relationship with with, with social social media uh, on, on on whatever else you do out on the water? Yeah, I think it is important because you know it's important to grow your brand as a skier. Um, you know, you're trying to um, become an athlete, become a brand ambassador for companies, skiing companies. So it it is definitely important to try to put emphasis on it um it's it's not something i'm as good as at, at as nearly but it's something that I, I am putting emphasis on and i think i'm seeing some, somewhat good results i see a marketing degree in your future <laughs> i can i can definitely tell but what about that to your response to that nearly yeah i mean i mostly just post on instagram pretty much but i don't know i think it's cool showing as many people as possible what skiing is and like Charlie said, I want to grow my personal brand and hopefully reach out to more sponsors and things like that. But I do want to grow my personal brand and show as many people as I can what our sport is. Growing your brand, that, ju- that, that just seems to be the catchphrase a little bit, uh, Drew. I mean, did, did any of this occur to you uh, back when you are in your heyday of skiing? Uh, certainly not. Um, is it? But as an Instagram celebrity, I can appreciate where they're coming from. <laughs> Indeed, and I mean, expand upon that a little bit, because I mean, obviously, you might mo- you you you, mo- you monitor what uh, what Neely and uh, what uh, what Charlie do out there online. I mean, I mean, any pair any 
any parent worth his or her sword so obviously keeps tabs on, on what's going on and making sure that that everything is uh, is on is on the level so i mean so i mean how how important uh is being on social uh, social networking uh i mean for you for starters because i mean because i mean right now i mean you're a real estate you're a real estate broker i mean people reach out to you on instagram uh, more more often than not in, unless they unless they call you directly so tell us how how important it, that that is to you Oh well, I think it, it's important in every part of life. For for it is, I mean, the direction has gone there for everything. But I mean, sticking with the skiing, I think. Uh, no, I think Neely and Charlie have have done a great job, and, and Neely's put an awful lot of work into Instagram. In fact, I like to I like to quiz her a bit. Like Neely, what's more important today, this or uh, Instagram? And she she chuckles and says Instagram, of course. And she, you know, she works hard, and she's got a, you know, she's really you know grown a large following, and has has, uh, you know, I think really really done a lot for the sport by getting it out there and I, I've been really proud of how she's handled it um, I think you know I don't think there have really been mistakes made and I think it's really hard hard to avoid making mistakes in it and, and I, I really like that you know Neely's kept a, an image that I think we can be proud of her you know in, in. and um, you know I think it, it's gotten a lot of interest in I mean, trick skiing's beautiful, and slalom skiing's beautiful, and they're and they're you know they're physical and dynamic, and showcasing it is just so important. And by working hard and doing it, you're really giving back. And uh, and I'm and I'm so glad that you mentioned how it uh, how how it basically uh, segues into promoting the sport a little bit because because everyone's looking for like this uh, this magic formula. To try and uh, to, to try and better promote the sport and to rate and to like elevate its status, you know, and obviously the uh, the the top athletes have taken that task on board, and uh, nearly nearly especially with with posting on Instagram. But in your opinion, and I know you've been outspoken on this, uh, uh, may, maybe not maybe not so much in recent times, but uh, before that, what do you think really needs to happen to truly elevate this sport to a level? That uh, that that the that really truly show, showcases the best athletes in our sport right now. I don't know. It, it's a tough question, and you know, I think that I think that skiing has challenges. It's you know, it's takes resources. It takes it's it's not convenient. Okay, it takes fitness. It takes a lot of effort. Okay, but. The reward is there. It's worth it. You know, I, I notice a lot of people that, that, you know, once you start, you can't stop. And it's a great decision. So, you know, to me, I think I think social media, I mean, there are some of the top athletes that are working hard at it and really um, putting it out there are, are doing a great job. And I just want to see that continue. And, you know, I think we're seeing in the industry anyway, we're seeing a bit of a return to skiing. And... You know, definitely eyes are open to it, and you know, I think, I think we've got a good thing going. I, I don't think we need to be concerned with skiing becoming mainstream. It, it may be difficult for that to happen. I don't, you know, does it need to be a mainstream sport? I don't know. What is a mainstream sport these days? It's a passion that I, I wouldn't trade for anything, and I think, um, you know, I think there's a nice following out there. You look like someone that wants to answer and plint in with your opinion on that one. I mean, I don't know. I think there's always going to be ways to grow the sport. And I, th- and I think that I sort of agree with 
you know, with the athletes becoming more popular and growing their following, the brand or the brand that um, eventually the sport will become more um, more popular on its own because it's bringing more more eyes into the sport. Um, you know, I think also what TWBC is doing, um, bringing more eyes onto the sport, is is growing the sport immensely. You know, I think. You know, Vince and yourself are, are thinking of creative ways to grow the sport constantly. You know, I was talking to Vince today. I was talking to you and Vince today about ways that um, that he was thinking of growing the sport, and it's it's amazing to hear. So, yeah. I, I think people, I think that it's on a, it's on the right path, yeah. and I think time will time will. Yeah. Show. Yeah. Other people aren't going to take the sport seriously if the people within the sport don't take it seriously. So, what you guys are doing is showing how that's a quotable right there. Yeah. So it's it's just showing how serious we really do take this sport. You guys make are making it look professional and very well done. That's what we need. Okay, let's go to a controversial subject here. How about what needs to be done at institutional level? And I'm talking about the International Federation. I mean, in in in, in your cases, water ski, cat, water ski, wakeboard, Canada, or 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 any other uh, governing body within the sport to try and grow it from their level. Because I mean, the athletes can only take so much on board, but if they don't get the uh, the support where it's needed from that kind of institutional level, then then things can uh, can fall apart really really quickly. Uh, Drew. Well, I think media is power, and I think whoever can package the sport, you know, will own the sport. So, you know, it's interesting. I think um, whether or not the governing bodies are really obligated to go down that road is hard to say. And, you know, I think, I think IWWF having a hand in what TWBC is doing with the Pro Tour, I think, is interesting. I think what you know, some standalone historic events, perhaps the most cherished events, have done to perpetuate themselves is so important. Um, you know, and as time goes on, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I think it, it's really difficult to criticize governing bodies that have worked so hard with volunteers that are so devoted. Um, you know, and I know in Canada, it's we've really you know put a lot of work into the team's programs we're, we're we're you know our our climate's unfortunate we're a relatively small country you know from a population standpoint at least in comparison to many and you know canada spits out great skiers and we do it because we work hard as a cohesive unit and um you know i i don't really want to be in a circumstance where I, I don't really have anything to say negatively about about politics. I just think it's incumbent upon everybody in the sport to continue to put a best effort in that way. Okay, and uh, in response to that, uh, do you, are you in agreement with that, Neely? Yep. And, and any 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 more ex- expansion upon that? Mm. No, no. Not I think really. I think it think it's pretty much been dealt with. And what about you, Charlie? Yeah, absolutely. I'm in full agreement. Agreement. Um, you know, I think everyone putting their best foot forward is all that we can do. And I think through that, the sport will grow immensely. All right, then. So as we round off at this podcast, I'm going to go around the table a little bit and ask you the same question. Charlie, in five years' time, where do you think uh, you, 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 you'll be both in, on, on the water or off the water and in terms of those endeavors? Well, I don't want to be setting goals of like wanting to be the best or anything. I just want to be skiing the best that I can. Um, 
you know, I want to be competing on the pro tour level at a consistent rate, and I want to be, I don't know, I want to still have the joy for the sport that I do today. Okay, Neely, what about you? Yeah, honestly, the same as what Charlie said. I want to be skiing still, um, just going to as many tournaments as I can, and just going for it. Absolutely, and what about you, Drew? Yeah, I mean, you have to enjoy the journey, and if you can, if you, if your goal can be to perform to your potential and to find new paths to betterment, then you're succeeding, and that's all you can ever expect from yourself. And I think the re- results, you know, from even from a more sort of um, f- from the standpoint of just instant gratification, if you just want that that you know that feel good you know i've won this those moments are going to happen um you know when you're when you're pushing yourself you know and and really just trying to you know give it a best effort all the way along and and do your best to find a way to enjoy that process yeah and that's the thing and uh you you actually mentioned it right there the two words that sit that that seem the buzzwords instant gratification i mean that seems to be prevalent in our in, in our society the, these days people want it and they want it quickly and you, you know want it want it instantly but it takes a lot of time to get from where you where you are to where you want to be isn't that right neely for sure okay for sure. it certainly takes a lot of dedication to make the to make the dream work and uh, and and drew and <laughs> just looking at the phone there and no we're uh, good we're good we're good. Okay. All right then. So we'll round off. Uh, typically, I asked uh, a, a guest or uh, who uh, you know some thanks, acknowledgements, give them the opportunity to do that. But as I have three of you, let's start by going around the table. You first, Charlie. Yeah. Um, obviously, thank you to my dad and my sister. But then I can't even think of a word to say. Thank. But thank you to um, Andrew Bergman. You know, he's a lot. Of, he's a coach that I do a lot of skiing with. Um, you know, he gets me ready for all these tournaments. Um, and he's one of the best drivers and the best coaches that there is. And without him, you know, I think I can't, I don't want to speak for Neely, but I think both of us would be in a lot of, we wouldn't be the skiers that we are today or the people we are today. So. All right. Neely. For sure. Um, Berg's pretty much pulls me skiing every single day. I love skiing with Berg's. I've learned so much from him. So a huge thanks to him. Big thanks to Charlie and my dad and especially my mom. Um, and also my boyfriend Pato and his dad Sergio. I've learned so much from them in the past past couple years. And what about you, Drew? Yeah, I better stick with Lee. Um, Lee Lee is behind the scenes working on everything for us all the time, and it keeps it it, it, it keeps things together. I, I really um, I, I'm quite amazed most of the time that the wheels haven't fallen right off. And so I've got to give credit to Lee. Um, she's really done a lot and. I'm happy that Charlie thanks Bergs because Bergs is, is uh, in, in our business at the ski school. He works like a like an animal. He's so passionate and devoted, and more more importantly, skilled and talented. And and we're really lucky to have the best guy in the business with us. And just because Charlie has asked me nicely, and before I get yelled at too much, of course, thank you to my mom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't she, think she, you'll ever live that down, will you? No, she she really keeps me uh, together. So. 
Yeah, that's one that I couldn't forget. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, from the entire Ross family, this is the latest edition of the TWBC podcast. Thanks a lot to Drew. Uh, best of luck, Coach, in uh, the, uh, the remaining portion of this Pan American Championship. Best of luck to you, Neely Ross, going out there in the tricks and the slalom event. And best of luck to you, Charlie, on the SATs. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we have another podcast coming to you very soon. But in the meantime, it is ciao for now thank you tony thank you for listening to the twbc podcast be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of twbc is prohibited Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.